also the mission of the company is to promote remote work for refugees. For me, it seemed paradoxical if I had a company that was, that was traditional, that promoted this narrative, and we didn't ourselves operate that way. And for me, there was, you know, there was no other choice but to do it this way. My, my co-founder is in Paris. I live in the UAE. We're registered in the UK. So for us, there was, you know, there was never any other option but to do it this way. You are listening to the Thriving Empire Podcast Season 4, all about how to be a brilliant remote worker. Whether you're a seasoned remote worker, you found yourself reluctantly working from home, or you simply want to move from a co-located office role to one that is 100% remote, you're going to love this season. We talk to the founders and leaders of remote teams who share with us their insights on the qualities, characteristics, skills, knowledge, and experience that enable you to be a brilliant remote worker. So if you want to know how to be the best at what you do in the remote work reality, you're going to love this season. I'm your host, Stephanie Holland, remote marketing strategist, traveler, coconut macaroon addict, and remote work style obsessed. Let's get started. Well, hey there, how's it going today? Very excited to welcome you to Thriving Empire Podcast Episode 92. So close to 100. I cannot believe I'm only eight episodes away. That is so, so cool. And I also have something else very cool to share. I've just launched a channel for the podcast over on Telegram. So if you're over there already, you can get updates about the show and the best tips and information for finding and succeeding in a remote job on Telegram as well. Now, all you have to do is search for Thriving Empire Podcast in Telegram or head over to t.me forward slash Thriving Empire Podcast and that link will take you over there if you've never been to Telegram before. It's so, so cool. I'm going to start by broadcasting daily updates on the week's episodes and sharing tips for wellness and productivity from myself and those shared by my guests on the show. So today's topic, here's the question. If you wanted to change the world, how would you kickstart your social enterprise remotely? And how would you put in place the foundations of a remote company when you have no funding in place to hire a team? Well, this week on the show, we chat to Lorraine Charles, who gives us a couple clues about how she's doing that for her social enterprise called Na'amal. Now, Na'amal is um, a, an organization that supports refugees and vulnerable populations so that they can be successful remote workers too. What they do is they help provide them with soft skills training and workshops as well as mentoring and then they link them to dignified employment and they also link them up to the global community of remote workers as well. Now, Lorraine gets things done with a group of incredible volunteers, an ad hoc team of volunteers from around the world across four time zones, all with full-time jobs in other organizations. And she really has learned and is continuing to learn how to capitalize on the benefits of engaging them remotely across those four time zones when needed. Now, Lorraine in this show talks about the benefits of agility, diversity, and the range of experience that she's been able to curate as a result. I really hope you enjoy it. Hi, Lorraine. Welcome to the show. 
Thank you for having me. I'm very excited about this. I am so excited today to talk to you about your social organization, Na'amal. You didn't necessarily set out to start a remote company per se, but you saw that you were going to have to get the best people um, who had the time, who didn't need to earn a lot of money, and who were super passionate about the mission. And the only way to do that was to assemble people across cultures and countries and timelines who were... Meet, met that criteria and that just so happened to create your remote company yeah definitely and but but also the mission of the company is to promote remote work for refugees so for me it seemed paradoxical paradoxical if i had a company that wasn't that was traditional that that promoted this narrative and we didn't ourselves operate that way so because you know, when, you know when, when the idea first came about, the idea was remote work for refugees as a viable option for dignified livelihoods. And for me, there was, you know, there was no other choice but to do it this way. My, my co-founder is in Paris. I live in the UAE. We're registered in the UK. So for us, there was, you know, there was never any other option but to do it this way. That makes total sense because then you know, as you're supporting refugees to work remotely, you understand their challenges as remote workers because everyone in your team is working remotely together to to bring this vision to life. But then you also understand the companies who, you know, within which you are placing the remote workers because you also understand the benefits and challenges of being a remote company yourself and finding the best people and, you know, putting forward the best candidates, what the best candidates are like. But, you know, other than that, you know, are there any ways that being a remote company that you're already seeing in the last sort of year and a half to two and a half years of having this vision, what are the ways that you are starting to realize that being remote is actually enabling your vision and mission in a way that a co-lo company, co-located company couldn't. I mean, I think, you know, as I, you know, as, as, as I tell companies who, who I want to hire our learners, access to talent. I mean, and, and the sort of agility to sort of do things very quickly and, and also the, the time zone differences because often I can go to bed and think, right, I haven't done this task. I need Lena and Candice to do it. I sent her a message to say, I know it, you know, I know that by the time you finish work, I'll be in the I'll be, it's, it's in the middle of the night for me. Can you do this? And it's done. So when I wake up, I just log on and I think, ah, it's done. So having that range of time zones means the task can get done whilst I'm sleeping, whilst she's sleeping. So for me, that's really, really important. I mean, sometimes it's a challenge to communicate because I have to stay up late, she gets up really early or vice versa, but we manage it. It's funny, it's almost like a tag team strategy. So your business is actually working 24-7 without any one individual having to work 24-7. And as you just you know, spoke to, sometimes the hours can be a little antisocial, but you can make them up elsewhere. You know, if you have to be up till, for example, 11 or midnight for a call or a webinar or some kind of live event, then you might be able to sleep in the next morning. So it's just about kind of shifting your schedules to get things done. And, and that in itself just creates more professional and personal flexibility yes I mean for me I love the flexibility I mean um, I'm an early riser anyway I wake up and I go for a run every morning and I run early sort of between 6 and 6 30 so I'm I'm awake anyway 
but sometimes I come home and I sort of would do nothing for like three hours in the morning because I know I'd be working till nine or ten that evening but it's sort of you know sometimes it's antisocial it means I don't have time to do things in the evening but often especially COVID times there is nothing to do so I you know so I so I'd rather sort of you know take have an easier morning and work late at night and but then sometimes I can do the opposite so I just love having that flexibility and I love having the autonomy to decide how and when I do tasks and I feel that you know having talent having colleagues um having a team that's everywhere in the world it brings different perspectives I mean I've lived in the Middle East a long time and you know sometimes I need to hear from someone who lives somewhere else hang on maybe that's you know that's not going to work for this context and you know you know the diverse team brings brings those things and also the range of experience even though we're a sort of social enterprise working refugee you know refugees in development um, a lot of the people that work that work with me haven't worked in those sectors before so my you know the lady that, that does comms in the uk she's comms and business development she doesn't work in the, ref, the refugee humanitarian space and sometimes you know i'm sure with all sectors we can be very siloed and very tunnel vision thinking thinking only within the space so having someone who has no background in the context but knows how to do comms knows how to do training and really bring different views and helps you not become complacent i think yeah that's interesting i think it's so powerful having an outside eye and who can really come in and just question everything because otherwise thinking and strategy can become really siloed and i really that's the one thing that i really want to avoid i sort of want to always you know see the big picture i always want to understand what our potential is and sort of where we can grow because you know i feel now that the work that we're doing the world really is our oyster and, and, and covid has sort of covid has proved our concept for us before covid it was so, so difficult to get companies to actually conceptualize hiring anyone remotely for us hiring a refugee but when covid happened covid proved our concept that remote work is possible it is viable and many people can do it so that's one barrier which was completely you know deconstructed um because of this global pandemic we're living through so I, i i mean i have to say i do have to thank covid for that changing the you know ch- changing the narrative of companies you know changing the you know changing the the perception of companies and making them realize that what we're doing isn't completely crazy Covid is certainly empowering a lot of um powerful shifts in the way that business operates and although it is painful for many people at the moment this transition period yeah these powerful shifts are only going to cre- create a much healthier much more empowered society as a whole Yeah I mean before covid I really struggled to get companies to buy into what I was doing I really struggled to get companies to say yes we want to work with you we want to hire your learners it was a real struggle and 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 and, and even to get off the ground i mean our our first project happened during covid that's when we started during covid and for most companies that were sort of you know that that were sort of slowing down or who were not working at all we were really busy getting things off the ground and i have to say only because of covid we perhaps were we able to do this because people were looking for something different 
the company that we worked with was looking for a different way to engage and to do impact, to make impact. And the only way that they could make impact was virtual. And we had this virtual mentoring program, which is a part we piloted, which they could easily engage with because you know, they wanted to make significant impact. It had to be virtual. We had it you know, on a platter for them. It's funny because Sandra Rash, the co-founder of Safety Wing in episode 83, he also mentioned that in terms of their business, they were preparing for five to 10 years in the future. And with COVID, it just happened overnight. Yes, yes, definitely. I mean, the whole remote work ecosystem exploded during COVID and, and, and people like Laurel and, and, and all of those other people within that space. You know, I could see them really thinking, oh, my goodness, we've been talking about this promoting this and suddenly it's hit us and we're not prepared i don't think any of us were prepared for this to happen so quickly but in a way it's a blessing in disguise because i because i feel that a lot of companies aren't going to go back to the traditional quote-unquote way of working which really wasn't working anyway and for me and the work that i've been doing and you know and and the work that i want to do with with the learners for my program this is the only way that they can actually get dignified work because if we you know if we have to provide them dignified work in a way that you know, um, in a way that they don't physically move. Remote work is the only way. A lot of our learners don't live in America. Well, none of them live in America. They don't live in Europe, but they want to work for European companies because that's where they, that's where they can gain the experience. And how could this happen unless they work this way? So, in a way, not that I'm definitely not anti-immigration because you know I myself am an expat living in the country that's not my own. But in a way allowing people to work remotely gives people the choice you have the choice whether you want to stay at home or whether you want to move somewhere else and certainly in the refugee context refugees leave yes there's violence where they live but a lot of the 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 migration to europe is because there is no opportunity where they live there's no opportunity in the middle east host countries in jordan and lebanon refugees don't have very limited access labor market they can't have dignified lives working living in that context they want a better life for their children and how can we say that they aren't you know that they aren't um that they, that they can't have this why is it our right as someone from from you know from the western country why is it okay for us but not okay for them and this is the whole political narrative of my you know of migration which people in the west forget why is it okay for you to have a great job with a nice house, but not someone else who looks different to you from a different part of the world who speaks a different language? So remote work allows everyone to have more equal access to dignified employment. Absolutely. It's, oh, it's fabulous. And even while you were saying that, I was thinking regardless of whether you're a refugee, a resident, or a citizen of a country, it opens up a whole world of opportunity to everybody. And I think that's why remote work is so powerful. Now, when it yeah. comes to your company culture, how would you just, just describe your company culture? I guess for us, the, the passion behind what we do is helping others, is supporting the work of vulnerable communities of refugees and vulnerable populations. So I feel our culture is based around this, that yes, you know, we, you know, we feel good doing this work, but also we're actually making an impact in the life of someone else. And 
you know, it's only when you hear the stories, do you really, does it really make you, make us all realize what we're doing? I had to do a, as part of our evaluation for the project, I did, I did one of the check-ins, which I don't usually do because I usually get, get an Arabic speaker to do it. So it can be, you know, so we can have Arabic clarification, but things happened and I, and I wasn't able to get an Arabic speaker to do it. So I did it. And it was the youngest learner we had. He's 17 years old. He shouldn't have, he shouldn't have even been on the program, but because he was so good, he was accepted onto the, onto the program. And, he's, and he lives in Zatari in the refugee camp. He was, so I spoke to him at 30 p.m. his time in Jordan. He was sitting in the tent with his mobile phone and he was speaking to me. He's 17 years old. His, his English was, it wasn't perfect. It was good. We had a great conversation and I thought, oh my goodness, this boy can go far. He needs to have an opportunity. An opportunity can only happen if he's able to work remotely. So I think our company culture is based around the fact that we have these really powerful stories and we have these amazing people we're working with. And I think that's what drives everyone to think what we're doing is worthwhile. And so you, have, you are spread across at least four time zones, I made a note of when you were saying where everybody lives. Yeah. How do you manage communication and collaboration as a team across those four time zones? You've already mentioned that the tag team strategy of, you know, if something needs mm. to be done, you can pass it on to someone else. But how do you work to collectively um, and collaborate on projects? The way we kind of operate we don't often need to be on the same call a lot a lot of our work is asynchronous so often there isn't a time to sit on a call there might be occasionally but very very rarely and I try not to have too many okay we have to speak to Kevin all together because everyone's kept for different people working full-time so I try I'm very mindful of that so for example the lady in Canada we 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 have a check-in once a week on a Monday morning when it's her Sunday evening. So that's how we work together. Um, the lady who lives in Abu Dhabi, we have a check-in once a week, um, you know, on a, on, a, on a Monday evening. And because she's also a friend, sometimes I'd, you know, we'd meet for a drink and say, can we just talk about this for a while? And we have a work chat and we have a social time after that. Um, so in a way we sort of, we, you know, we navigate it that we do mostly asynchronous discuss, um, meetings or collaboration you know, via email or via our WhatsApp group. That's sort of the way we've been doing it. Because again, I, don't, I want to be mindful that I'm, you know, that I'm not encroaching on anyone's personal time or work time because none of us are really getting paid a whole lot. So I just wanted to, you know, I want everyone to feel that, you know, they love this work. And, you know, and, the, and, and they do prioritize it, but they, not, they need to prioritize their families and their income generating projects as well. So we try to make it in a way that, you know, that everyone feels comfortable doing the amount that they're doing at the time in which they're doing it. That's obviously going to change because we have two more, two projects or well, three projects starting, one starting today and our sessions on Thursday. And then two more cohorts of students in Jordan starting um, in November. So when things ramp up, you know, then we'll have to re rejig the way we do things. But for now, because it's been just one, one, one project, just 20, um, 20 learners, it hasn't been so demanding. And I mean, I guess I do a lot of the things because I, you know, I feel that if, you know, 
I'd rather do the work for free because it's sort of my, you know, it's my name behind it. So I'm just doing all the extra work that's needed um, that I can't get anyone, that I don't want to ask anyone else to do. But I know that will soon change because with a new project starting, we'll have 50 students starting, well, effectively this week. But our bit starts in January and then 40 more students starting at the end of the year. You know, things will need to change. And, we'll, and, and, and but, that, but by then we'll have the money have a bigger team to sort of make you know to sort of formalize people's time commitment because we'll need to do that but for now I'm just we're just sort of you know playing it by air at the moment for lack of better words because that's the only way I feel right to do it I come back to my statement at the beginning you are a tiny but mighty team because you have so much going on it's actually quite phenomenal so tell us uh, what are some of the challenges that you face as a remote team our challenge is due to the fact that we're just bootstrapping at the moment. So I guess the challenge is everyone has lots of other priorities at different times. Getting things done, getting things done as quickly as I perhaps would like it. But, you know, I'm, you know, I'm sort of someone that needs to be a week ahead of schedule um, with, with my work. And I know I can't be like that for this project because I'm depending on others within the you know within the other commitments so for me that's I, I find the biggest challenge I know but you move fast because we jumped on a call the day we met yeah. on LinkedIn and I was exactly. like this is my kind of woman oh my goodness yeah. I can work with this lady <laughs> this is very rare so actually I can really relate to the frustration of things not going at the speed with which you would prefer I'm also curious as to whether being located yourself in Abu Dhabi, does that restrict the kind of tools that you can use to grow your business? I don't know. Sometimes I wonder whether if I'd been in, in Dubai or whether I'd been in a bigger Western capital, whether I would have more easily gotten the money to make this happen. So I sort of feel that I'm constantly struggling to say like, right, like guys, look at my project. This is going to work. You need to fund this project to make this work. So I don't know whether it's being female, whether it's being a bit where I am. I'm not sure what it is, but I feel that there could be a disadvantage. Now, thinking about how your team operates and how you've all come together in a very kind of like ad hoc, spontaneous way, united by a common goal. Um, having worked with your team now for many, many months, have you noticed the kind of skills and traits within your team that make them particularly suited to remote work? 50% of my team worked remotely before COVID. With us being familiar with this and not forced into it because of COVID, we were able to sort of, you know, everyone's pretty laid back. No one gets stressed if something isn't done when they want it and exactly how they want it. And I feel that's really important. We all sort of, you know, we all sort of understand that things are never going to be 100% as we want it. And everyone sort of has that feeling. And we all sort of, you know, we all do our best, but we all think, okay, this is the best we can do for now. Maybe next time it'll be better with, with more money, with more time. But for now, with, you know, with the tools we have, with the funding we have, with the time we have, this is the best we can do. And I really appreciate that, ev- appreciate that everyone you know, has that frame of mind. 
That's really wonderful because it, it does take time to develop the habits and rituals of remote working that keep you thriving on all levels, professionally and personally. So the fact that you had an already experienced remote team, you were able to actually hit the ground running in the way that many companies actually don't. That's super interesting. So Lorraine, where can people find out more about you and Naamal? So we have our LinkedIn page. Our website is being built by refugees working remotely. So I have to give that plug. Um, we're on Twitter. You know, just feel free to reach out to me because if someone is really interested in contributing, we want, we want companies, remote companies particularly, to hire our learners. We want companies to, to be part of our mentoring program. But most importantly, we want, com- we want to change the narrative. We want companies, you know, even if they go back to a regular co-located existence when they can, consider having some, you know, some team members who are remote, just hire remotely, hire refugees. Lorraine, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to this episode of Thriving Empire. I appreciate you being here and hanging out with me. Now, if you're not subscribed already, head over to stephanieholland.co, that's C-O, and sign up right on the page so that you never miss an episode. And if you're enjoying the show, I have a favor to ask you. Would you rate and review it on iTunes, please? Just search Thriving Empire on iTunes. Click subscribe, then ratings and reviews, and you'll be asked to give it a star rating and a quick sentence or two on what you think about it and what you think about me. Now, this will really help other people find it too, so that more people can build their career and create the life they really want simultaneously. Thank you so much. Have a beautiful week and see you next time on Thriving Empire.